Got a great lesson for everyone this weekend. Whose report do you believe? Not who does your grandmother believe or what your mother believed or daddy. What do you believe? Everybody in this room and everybody listening online, you believe somebody. You know, the sad part is some people are believing a lie. And so I want to give a good illustration about it this weekend in our lesson taken from Numbers chapter 13, the first three verses. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. God had already given Israel the land of promise, folks. They had not experientially entered into that land yet, but it was there by legal decree. God said, I have given, past tense. So it's theirs legally. So even though they had not yet entered the land, because God had decreed it was theirs, how many know for crying out loud, it belonged to Israel at that time. If God gives you something by his word or by his promise, it belongs to you right then in the spirit. See, many times we let the promises of God stay in the Bible and never act on them, or we put them in the millennium. We put them anywhere but now. But that Bible is a book of now. So God promised Israel a prosperous land. And folks, God wants you, your marriage, your career, your business, you as a person to flourish, to prosper. So Israel, you know, they had followed Moses. They had gone in towards the promised land right up to the River Jordan. They're real close. And they're at a place called Kadesh Barnea. It was a boundary line. And they got stuck in that place. You know, I'll bet you right now, many people in this auditorium or listening to me online are stuck in some place where you know God wants more for your life. You know what God called you to or what he called you to do, but you're looking at it and saying, I don't know. I don't know if I'm able. I don't know if I'm capable. I had a divorce. I'm a single parent. I come from a minority background. I don't know. My grades weren't too good in school. I don't seem to have much of a gift. I don't know a lot of the... Oh, shut up. Shut up. You're killing your future before you get there. Now, in the natural, you might not be capable. That's true for all of us. But where God guides, He provides. And He will provide everything you need, including divine enablement including capability, if you will follow him and obey him. So God wants all of us to quit wishing we could have this or wishing we could have that or wishing we could be healed or wishing we could possess something he said is ours. He wants us to believe the report of his word. And his word says we can. His word says we can. Do you hear that? See, his priorities and all of his promises are yes and amen 
to those who believe. Wow. But you've got to believe with more than your head. You've got to believe with your heart. You've got to believe not that can, God can heal you, but that God will heal you. Now, let me pause and say this. There's always a goofy Christian who says, well, what if it's your time to die and the Lord wants to take you home? Well, watch my lips. You're going to die. Okay. So let's, because you don't know that, then we assume God wants to make me well. Obviously, if God is ready for me to come home, I won't get well. But that would be in the minority. And I'm sure half the carnal Christians want to always be the exception. No, I'm going for the rule. The the rule is I pray that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's the rule. There are, of course, are exceptions. But the rule is I want you to do well and I want you to be well. So Israel had God's word that the land was theirs, a land that was blessed and full of provision. And Israel, a couple of million strong, needed a lot to meet all of their needs. I mean, they're a few million strong. And they simply could not believe God was big enough to come into the midst of their situation and meet that need. And I'll bet some of you are thinking the same thing. I'm at a place, I'm in a position, I'm in a circumstance that's just not going to be fixed. God can't do it. See, they didn't believe the report of the Lord. God had told Israel to take the land, but Israel wanted to investigate the land. Can you see that spirit of skepticism? Well, I don't know if God can do this for me or not. I believe he could do it for her or for him, but maybe not for me. I don't know. Hey, listen, God is no respecter of people regarding his word. If you will believe his word and activate it, his word will work for you. Why? Because God's word is spirit and life. It's alive, but you've got to sow it. See, you know, you could go to a garden supply shop, and they won't have beans or tomatoes growing in the aisles, but on their shelves will be packages of seeds. And on the cover of those seed packs, you'll see a picture of lush tomatoes or carrots or some vegetable. But you can't take that picture home and eat it and be nourished. That picture will not nourish you. The only way to get nourishment is to take the seeds out, put it in the ground. And when it comes up, you can eat the results of it. Same thing about God's Word. See, now, how does the Word of God get sown into my heart? Okay, Scripture says, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. All right, listen to this. Fear comes by hearing the words of the enemy. So whose report will you believe? I trust you will believe the report of the Lord, not what you feel, what God said. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. At the end of the 40 days of exploration, they return from exploring the land. 40 days, they're checking God out. Forty is the number of trial and testing in numerology. Then verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron 
and the whole of Israel was gathered together before them in Kadesh Barnea in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them the whole assembly and showed them the fruit they had taken from the promised land. So notice, they brought back the fruit of the land. They brought back the word. Now notice, it takes the same kind of faith to achieve God's word for a little thing as it does to activate it on a big thing. I know people who can quote me the Bible flawlessly and are still unsaved. They know the Bible promises and they're still broke because they never activate the word they know. See, that's sowing it when you activate it. You got to do it. Everyone here is listening to somebody's report and you're being affected by it. You're either listening to the report of the Lord's word or you're listening to the culture, the news, your teammates, your friends, the report of the enemy. But you are hearing, I guarantee you, somebody's report. And whichever report you act on is going to be the result you get. Whether it's sickness or depression or poverty or no self-worth or esteem, you'll believe it. See, the spies came back and said in verse 27 that truly the land was just like God said. Oh, yeah, it's true, they said, but they got their butt in it. Numbers 13, verse 28. He said, but the people who live there in the promised land are powerful. They have college educations. The cities are fortified. They live in gated communities. We don't know the code. And the people are huge. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. Nevertheless, see, you can't get victory as long as you have a conjunction in the promises of God in your faith. See, as long as there is a conjunction, nevertheless, in your faith that says, but, or nevertheless, or maybe, then the promises of God will never be activated. You need to get bold in quoting and believing God's word. Numbers 13, verse 29 says, The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they live in the hill country, and the Canaanites, don't forget them, they live near the sea and uh, along the Jordan River. Now, what are they doing here? Well, it seems to me they're describing and talking the problem. They're talking defeat. Instead of speaking to the problem, they're describing it. Did not Jesus tell us, speak to the mountain and command it to be cast into the sea? Jesus did not say, describe it. See, they were saying what God said is true. But, but, but here's why we can't have it. And you talk yourself right out of faith. Then you talk yourself into fear. Why? Well, because you believe the report of the enemy. So whose report do you believe? Well, his report says you are healed. His report says you are filled. His report says you are free. His report says you've got victory. Amen. See, it's easy to see all the reasons you can't succeed. It's easy to see all the reasons you can't prosper. 
If you want a reason not to believe God's word, the enemy will have a ready-made list just for you. God's word says you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. But the enemy says, ah, but you're a woman, or you have a handicap, or you from a minority race, or you don't have a proper education, or you have a divorce, or you had an abortion. Folks, listen to me. Little is much when God's in it. See, it didn't take but five loaves and two fish for God to feed 20,000 people. You put your little in God's hand, he multiplies it exponentially. Let the Holy Spirit rise up and live big through you. It's not you living big. It's the Holy Spirit living big through me. God has always chosen the dregs and the misfits of society, the lowlifes, the ones people said would never make it. Scripture says God has chosen the foolish things and the weak things of this world to confound the wise and the mighty. So if you don't think too much about yourself, you qualify for God to use you. See, the first attack on God's Word goes all the way back to the dawn of creation in the Garden of Eden. Listen, Satan said to Eve, here's the first words out of his mouth in recorded Scripture. Hath God said, you shall not surely die? Come on, Eve, get with the program. You're old-fashioned. God's Word couldn't be true. That's not gun. That's a fairy tale. You've been listening to God, and He's telling you something that's outdated. Come up with the times today. Don't believe that report that God said you'll die if you eat this. Trust me. Take my word for it. God doesn't mean what He said. His word is not trustworthy. And folks, everybody listening to me today will hear that voice. And I'm telling you, this culture today and Washington, D.C., and laws being passed in state and in nation are contradicting clear Scripture. Now, don't get mad at me. I am licensed and ordained and called to preach God's Word. I can't change it. I didn't write it. I follow the Creator who gave His life for me. And if He says, don't do this, and He says, do this, then that's it. Discussion is over. And it's always going to be countercultural. It's always going to go against the flow of what's in today. If God legal, I mean, if the state legalizes you can marry a Labrador retriever, you have a civil right to do it. But in God's word, he says, I don't want you to do that as part of my kingdom, as my follower. And you have to decide whose report are you going to believe? God's got a report in marriage. God's got a report in business. God's got a report on our relationships. God's got a report for our health and healing. God's got a report for how to do forgiveness with other people and our enemies. And we just blow it off thinking it doesn't matter how I approach it or what I do. And as a result, 90% of Christians are living way below their potential. See, we need to get mad at the devil for ripping off our kids, our husbands, our wives, mad at the devil for taking our possessions, he's a thief, and for taking our health. We need to get mad enough 
to take God's Word and start our workout routines that build faith and confidence and destroy fear and unbelief. We need to take the fight to the enemy. And you can't do that being passive. You've got to get those scriptures that apply to your problem and start quoting them, like loading a gun. You shoot those holy bullets at the enemy. You take him down. He's going to intimidate you. He's going to declare you're a 98-pound weakling. You be not able. And you don't have the guts or authority, he says, to make him leave you alone. But he's a liar. James 4, verse 7, says, I, yeah, humble believer. He says, surrender or submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. God says you as a believer have that God-given authority. Use it or get taken to the cleaners. In Matthew 18, verse 18, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, I've been given authority in the name of Jesus, power of attorney. I have authority of his word. You got to believe the report of the Lord that you have authority to take on the enemy and challenge his attack to turn it away. Now, the enemy can't attack you, but he can't win unless you lay down and surrender. Don't surrender. Be strong in the Lord. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Press the attack. This isn't a one-time thing. You may have to fight for a good season. See, all battles, all wars are not won at the same time frame. So Numbers 13, verse 30, here comes another report. Now, don't you know these prophets of doom loved O Caleb? They looked at Caleb like he had AIDS. Caleb said, let us go up at once and possess the land. We are well able, he said. Verse 30, it says, Caleb silenced the people who are all crying. And he did it in front of Moses and said, we should go up at once and take possession of the land for we are well able. He knew he wasn't able to take on a giants, a giant race and giants by himself. He just knew God was a covenant God. And if God says, I've given it to you, he didn't know how it would happen. He would just come in as a mortal human, a combat warrior and fight, believing God would get into the fight and they'd win it. And that's all you have to do. Quit worrying about, well, I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't care how he's going to do it. I just believe he is going to do it. You know, I got stung a few times by a bumblebee when I lived with my grandparents in high school. Did you know scientifically the bumblebee does not know he is unable to fly aerodynamically? Little bitty wings, big fat body. So he just flies anyway. He can't read the report of scientists and aerodynamic experts, he just flies. He listens to the report of the Lord that made him. And that's what you need to do. The same principle is true for every person listening to me. You can choose to believe what God said, or you can reject it. Numbers 13, verse 31. But the men who had gone up with Caleb said, we, can, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. 
See, the men who went up with him said, we be not able. Now, why did they say that? Because they, re- they believed the report of the enemy. They just ignored what God said. They had believed the report of natural circumstances around them. Now, you may be here this weekend with a report from a doctor or an attorney or an accountant or the stock market. I don't know. You know, I've got a good scripture for you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See, with Christ, I am a lot bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. The greater one lives in me and in you if you're a believer. Praise God for that. Verse 32, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about what they had explored, that land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. See, the land devours the inhabitants. That's what the devil's telling some of you today. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it in your business. You're not going to make it in your marriage. Hey, even if the marriage falls apart, you can make it. You're not going to make it financially. You're not going to make it. I cannot tell you how many reports like that I've heard. So whose report are you going to believe today? I wish you would say, we will believe the report of the Lord. And you should say it to yourself every day. Verse 33, we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak that come from the Nephilim. These are giants. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. You ever look down from people from a tall building? They look like ants. Height does not change the size of people. It just changes your point of view or your perspective. But here's what will kill you. They said, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So here's a good principle. The enemy sees you the way you see yourself. You can't fake it till you make it. If you are full of fear, doubt, and unbelief, the enemy, like a dog, can smell fear. He can smell it on you. You can't pretend. He knows if you're carrying confidence. I can remember being in my, uh, I guess it was early, early 40s when I, when I first discovered, having not been taught in church, that I had legal authority to bind, to loose, authority to be healed, to pray, to lay hands, to rebuke sickness and disease. I could not rebuke what God had decided to take somebody home with, of course, but I had authority to fight. And I remember we started with our two little girls when they were getting all these little ear infections. We cut our bills in half and we were just baby babies and learning about authority and who we were. And I remember I got bolder and bolder and bolder. And I'm telling you, when I walk into a situation now, I don't respond with fear or fright or panic, but confidence. And the enemy can see it. He knows when you know you have authority. But I don't have it because of who I am. I have it because of who Jesus is. It's one thing for people to see you as a failure. But if I see myself that way, I've got no hope of change. There are three things these people were resisting. Number one, they were thinking victory had to be a thing of the past. Number two, defeat was the reality of the present. 
And number three, that the future held no hope of change. And if you are believing those three things, you are wrong. You're setting yourself up for disaster. When you begin to see yourself as a grasshopper, when you begin to see yourself not succeeding, not overcoming, not getting through this trial, not being able, then that's exactly what you'll be. Can you hear me? Then you're going to blame God. But it's your choice today to be saved, to prosper, to live for God. It's always my choice. God has done all he's going to do. So what are you going to do? Whose report are you going to believe? You have a choice today to succeed or fail. You can succeed in life through this word of faith, and it always starts spiritually. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, David had a choice to believe the report about the giant, but he chose to believe the report of the Lord. If you were 16 years old, standing in front of a man who's anywhere from 10 to 13 feet tall, whose body armor weighed 900 pounds, telling David he's going to take his head, and David shouted back, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> now, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 44, the giant said, come here, I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. And old David shot back. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and take your head. This very day, I will give your carcass and the Philistine armies to the birds and wild animals, and while the word of God will let everyone know there is a God in Israel. And when the smoke cleared, David had one foot on Goliath's hairy body, holding up the giant's decapitated head. Now the whole congregation of Israel knew there is a God in heaven. David refused to believe the report from the frightened army that he could not succeed because he was young, hadn't been combat trained, he only had a sling, and you're going to have to learn to refuse that same report. Quit cursing yourself with your own mouth. Folks, there have been many times in life, in circumstances, people have told me, you're finished, you won't make it. It would have been easy to roll over and push up a daisy. But something inside me rose up and got mad, righteous anger. And it took that anger towards those who wanted to hurt me instead of help me, to keep me alive. Somehow, I was able to channel that anger not into sin, but into constructive action that brought blessing and favor into my life. And that will happen for you. I refuse to believe the enemy report. See, it's not your problem, not your failure, not even your sin. It's your response to it. Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. And the Lord's report today, if you're not saved, God loves you and has provided Jesus as your sacrifice for sin. God wants to make a giant killer out of a grasshopper. I pray you will make a choice to change. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.